Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on the go. The, b- b- never mind. The, Hold on. G- go on in the dark. I'm starting over. Don't okay. you dare put that in. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna. Don't you dare. <laughs> Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal. <laughs> Welcome to Figures in the Dark, where we have paraphernalia. I do. Where I, I give have, up. I have dab containers right there. Yeah. Well, where I give up because all I can hear is cat scratching in a litter box hi guys it's figures of the dark hi guys i'm tori we're sheep (laughs) (laughs) so i'm taylor shay i'm tori we're sheep we talk too much um Um, so we got comments on one of our podcast episodes that was from like a hot minute ago yeah why don't you explain because you're the one who told me three of them so on every episode that we post through spotify spotify asks you guys what do you think of our episode all three comments were on the Taylor Shabusiness episode. Mm-hmm. The first one was really reasonable and very polite. That was like, oh, my personal preference is I don't like podcasts where they take the first 15 minutes to just like talk. I want to side note, this was released yes. on April 10th. So oh, almost three, three months, months ago. ago. Okay. So side three note. months ago, they were like, literally all three comments came from very recently. It was mm-hmm. just in the last like couple of weeks on that same episode. They were like, personally, I don't like when podcasts talk too much about stuff that aren't regarding the Mm -hmm. cases. And I'm like, okay, totally understand. I've heard that comment from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I get it. We're still going to do it because we want you to also know us as people. Um, We're not Investigation 2020. So Mm -hmm. we kind of do want you to know us as people, especially since our mission for this podcast is very personal driven. Yes. Um, The second was, again, complaining that we talk too much between details about the case. Mm -hmm. Very sorry. We do get on tangents. And also, sometimes, like, you just need a little bit of moment of brevity for the horrible things we talk about. The third one, however, I started scream laughing about. It literally just said, too political. Okay. Okay. So I got it. So one said... Really struggled to get through. Unfortunately, I don't enjoy podcasts that take over 15 minutes to get to the subject matter with random agenda-driven rants. Um, okay, cool. Whatever. Uh, other one, had too much chatting in between details. Okay, this last one. Political and misinformation, dot, 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 literal sheep. Meh. Meh. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, like um, so sorry that two mid-20s, mid-late-20s, oh, but... Okay, never mind. Yeah. Two... Let's call it what it is now. Too late twenties. No, I just turned twenty-five. <laughs> I'm in my mid-twenties. I have another year. Don't even don't even go there. No, I have another year. Don't take that away from me. Uh-uh. Twenty-four to twenty-six is your mid-fucking twenties. I will hold on to that until the day I die. Do not take that away from me. I just had my birthday yesterday. Don't even. Two twenty something. Exactly. Queer non cis. Young people <laughs> are are liberal. Liberal, like we're we're sheep, guys. We're sheep. So, so sorry. listen, and here's my <laughs> thing. Like, and we were saying, like, this everything is political, and also yes. this is a true crime podcast. And here's the kicker: yeah. if this person was listening to anything prior, mm-hmm. we've had way more political oh episodes. My God, yeah. So, Absolutely. like, we talked about literal like. We talk about police all the fucking time. We yes. talk about the government all the fucking We've time. We've talked about abortion rights. Exactly. Multiple times. Like, so th- you waited until uh, over almost a year until the, the, the yeah. podcast was out. Yeah, to be like, to- this is too political. <laughs> like, um, okay. Sorry. And I, and I mean this with the utmost fucking respect. We're not fucking changing anything. No. If you don't like us, don't listen to us. And maybe yeah. that may, may turn some people off. But, like, I'm not out here to 
appease everybody. Yeah. Like, we can't I'm, change who we are. No. And the goal of this podcast was always for not only for us to talk about really important things, but for us to be able as people to talk about our own stories, our own situations, and our professional careers that have been extremely mm-hmm. impacted by persons who have been victims of violence mm-hmm. and be able to give victims of violence a voice, including ourselves, who have both been victims mm-hmm. of violence. Mm-hmm. So very sorry. We talk too much, but also we're human. We're exactly. people. And also, like, we're not – we are a – a small podcast like we are not a part of a podcast network like we are not regulated by anybody like we are two roommates who both have full-time fucking jobs Mm -hmm. both have our own shit going on and we just do this and research and i edit in my spare time for fun like Mm -hmm. we're not like you know, I've, I, we've been compared to Morbid by a couple people, and I really appreciate that. And it reminds me a lot when Morbid, when they first started, got hate for being too... Too much like you know, and, my and, favorite murder. Exactly. And here's yeah. my thing. You know what? Maybe that's, you know... but they're, The cycle of all of this. But in my mind, I think that's completely okay. Because all of me, it shows we're human. Like, I don't yeah. like podcasts where they're scripted. No. Like I, like, I, like, I used to love Crime Junkie. That was my first podcast I got <laughs> into. It's too scripted for me. Yeah. So I don't listen to it anymore. You know no. what I mean? Like, I, I want, want to see the human aspect of exactly. it. And I, especially, like, in the case of Morbid, I have loved seeing them grow as people. Exactly. And, like, wa- like getting to hear about Ash's wedding and mm-hmm. all of the things that she's accomplishing and that she's excited mm-hmm. about. Especially Elena. Elena, personally, to me, is very inspirational as mm-hmm. someone who has wanted to be a writer my Mm -hmm. entire life Mm -hmm. like I cannot say how how much it means to me to see these two women who have worked very hard to grow Mm -hmm. and to flourish as people and it's awesome it does feel like the parasocial relationship exists within me like I do feel like these people like if I met them I could Mm -hmm. be friends with them I do feel a very friendly love and admiration for these people that I've never met and that I think is a completely good or normal thing I agree and I think that that's totally fine that that's kind of what we have that exists here is that we get to kind of just come on here and mm-hmm. talk like people and have another aspect where we can just share mm-hmm. us as people yeah. to a wider net of Yeah. And like, you know, there are times when it's 15 minutes, you know, and mm-hmm. I recognize that's a lot. You know what I mean? But it's also it's, you can always skip through. Yeah. That's possible it's, it's, to do and too. It's like we do have a lot of commentary in between, but also we're very intelligent people. Like we have a lot of talk. We have a lot to talk about. Like mm-hmm. we were, like you said, both survivors of violence in multiple mm-hmm. ways. Like we are mm-hmm. both. I currently work in the victim services field. You used to work in the victim mm-hmm. services field. Like we are adding this commentary because we haven't seen a podcast like this. Like mm-hmm. we haven't seen a podcast that mainly focuses on abuse and domestic violence and child abuse and stuff like that mm-hmm. because you know, I feel like it needs to be talked about and we've gotten outstanding reviews from people about it. So, you know, for every one comment or every three comments on one episode that are like (laughs) political, talk too much. We have 10 people who are messaging us being like, you did an excellent job. You know what I mean? We want to very much love and appreciate and give Mm -hmm. so much kindness back to those who say these things. We're not going to fully hate on or like be mean to the people who are upset with us. We're just going to say that it's like, I'm very sorry. We just might not be the podcast for you. Exactly. And we're okay with that. It's one of those things that like, it's even in my personal life, like I'm not going to sit and try to fight to have somebody listen or to pay attention to us or me, you know, that Mm -hmm. I'm not their cup of tea if I'm not and that's okay like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna agree with everybody and neither Mm -hmm. are you and neither you know they're not gonna may not agree with me like and that's completely okay so 
you know, with all that being said, like, you know, we appreciate you giving us a listen. If we're not the podcast for you, we appreciate you for even giving us a listen because that's another yeah. tally because we've reached you gave over us your time. We've reached yep. over 6,000 listens yeah. so far. I'm so and excited. And the reaction to the Gabriel Fernandez case has been insane. It reached over yeah. 120 listens mm-hmm. within the last week. Not even a week. It, was pub- yeah. it wasn't public like a week yeah. and a half. And like, we w- very much want to thank people for listening to that yes. one in particular to really get his story out even more and to have people really think about these things because mm-hmm. I still think our culture is so driven of this like what happens in other people's homes isn't my business kind of mm-hmm. thing and it's like to some degree yes and like when you're talking about like in terms of like how culturally people want to behave there is mm-hmm. no such thing as a bad culture mm-hmm. it's just different mm-hmm. but it is not okay to have child abuse be something that is happening within our society and no one doing anything about it. Definitely. Exactly. So, and you know. speaking of that, my, my brother made one of the funniest comments on our Instagram post what? about it. He, of the picture in particular of Pearl mm-hmm. and Osaro. Osaro. Yeah. He was like, her makeup alone should be criminal. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yep. I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Mike. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so we love you guys we appreciate yes. you we are have we have we've been getting a lot of good outpouring and you yes. know even the even the cr- constructive feedback you know yes here we and are thank another... you for allowing us to have a week off so tori can celebrate herself Woo! 25 i am late I 20s <laughs> i am in my mid 20s i am halfway to 30 yes. and that thought makes me cry how do you think I feel? The last time I went to my parents' house and saw my dad, I told him about how I got called old by the lady who I, mm-hmm. I was buying chew for him from, and he was and she accused me of being over thirty. And I'm like, ma'am, first of all, you look like you're fifteen. Exactly. I'm like, do you have eyes? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And like, he just looks at me. He was like, what? He was like, well, you're gonna be thirty soon. And I'm like, do you want to die today? Exactly. And like, he no. just kind of looked at me like, what? What is the big deal? And I just looked at my mom and I'm like why haven't you killed him yet? <laughs> like, what the hell? And I'm like, this is so rude. I did you a favor and you come in here. I come in here and you insult me. And he was like, it's not that big a deal. Everybody ages. And I'm like, shut up. Shut Don't you rob me. Up. I'm already considered a fucking spinster in this town because I'm 27, oh unmarried, god. and don't have children. Oh my god. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you fucking, fucking dare. dare. Yeah, so oh. it was a good birthday. I, um... You know, I, people around me, like, I felt a lot of love. I got a lot of messages from people. And, you know, and I a lot of cakes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So my fucking coworkers, <laughs> they apparently didn't coordinate. I got a red velvet cake. I got a lemon tart and I got an ice cream cake. So I have Which a lot of you desserts. had already bought yourself a carrot cake and cookie cakes. Yes. I had already <laughs> bought myself these little like cheesecake cookie things from Walmart. And I bought myself a piece of carrot cake. So I have a lot of desserts. Um, my girlfriend's coming over later on tonight and she's like, I want some ice cream cake. I said, okay, good. Take some because I mm-hmm. have a lot of desserts now. So, but <laughs> yes. yeah, but then I'm going to Delaware with my mom this weekend. So, you know, that's also part of the reason why we didn't post this week because, you know, I'm not going to really have time between now and when I leave on Sunday to edit. Um, so we, I just thank y'all for like being, you know, being good about, you know, letting me kind of be a person <laughs> for my birthday, <laughs> even though I worked. Um, but, you know, I appreciate y'all. Um, another, here's another 15 minute intro of our personal life. LOL. Shall we talk about yeah. uh, who we voted for in the 2020 election? Not Trump. <laughs> Not fucking Trump. Not fucking Trump. Uh, I just want everyone to know this podcast not sponsored is that. not sponsored by Trump. Yeah. I want to let you know if it was up to us, we would have a socialist society. <laughs> and I want to say that with my entire chest. <laughs> and I swear to God, <laughs> if any of you motherfuckers <laughs> disagree with me, I don't care. I'm That's sorry. Fine. I have to call you a sheep now. 
Uh, that's our little comment <laughs> so what is it that we're talking about oh today? yes yes uh yeah so let's get into my case now that we're 15 minutes in so <clears throat> we are talking about the murder of liesel liesel nope. lisa knafel oh yes okay um and then about uh sabrina zunich so I don't know. Those if, are really tough last names. I'm proud of you. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. I had to when I was right when I was watching the documentaries about it. I wrote Knafel because it's yeah. spelled it's spelled K N O E F E L. So oh, yeah. I thought it was Knafel. Yeah, Knof. I do phonetic spellings all yes. the time. And then Z- Zunich is Z U N I C H. So I thought it was Zunich because like Munich. Yeah, Zunich is how it's pronounced. So it's kind of wow. like a. It's, we're talking about two types of crimes here. We're talking about not only a very um, intense murder. So I'm going to content warning for murders. Mm. Um, it's a very graphic murder. So we're going to talk a lot about the autopsy as well because it's. Yes. I want to talk about how brutal it was because it kind of gives a different like level to the motive behind it, mm-hmm. and it kind of is a little confusing for like when you see the motive behind it. It's kind of weird that it was so vicious that the murder okay. that happened. And we're also going to talk about grooming. Mm. So content warning for that as well for like technically sideways kind of way incest. Oh. Yeah. It's not really biological incest, but more foster incest. Okay. You might oh, have heard of it. for a second, I thought you were going to talk about that you were going to talk about, um, God, what is it called? Um, Where they, they're, they're like fostered and it's like they, get, they give them up at birth. No, I thought you were going to talk about um, the, I forget the exact definition, but it's a form of incest that it's given a very, like, it. the word incest within the name is very, like, misleading because there's no sexual motivation. Emotional incest? Emotional incest. I thought Mm. you were going to be talking about emotional incest. Oh, no, this is straight up, like, foster father incest. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so let's hoppity hop right in. So I feel like I say that a lot. Hoppity hop, jumpity jump, (laughs) hoppity hop right in. Like, as if I, like, I'm this little, like, kindergarten teacher. I, All right, kids. We're going to talk about murder now. Let's talk about the moiders. The moiders. Put it on the rug. <laughs> exactly. So Sabrina Ann Zunich was... Zunich. Fuck. I'm already going to fuck this up. Yeah. Sabrina Ann Zunich was born in 1995. I didn't have like a, a rate, like a date for her, like okay. what day she was born. Mm-hmm. Her, entire, her entire childhood was spent with parents who were alcoholics and drug addicts. So Sabrina even told of a time when she was still bottle fed that they would put vodka in her bottles to get her to pass out so they could just kind of do whatever they wanted to do. What so, the fuck? Okay. It wasn't around. It wasn't till age fourteen that she was put into the foster care system and started out at group homes. So fourteen years. Fourteen she years. Spent with these people? Yep. Oh, exactly. That's so, sad. so during this time before and before she went into the system, she was diagnosed with a myriad of mental health disorders, including oppositional defined disorder, ADHD, bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. anxiety, and depression. Which is very unsurprising with that kind mm-hmm. of an upbringing. Yes. The only one that I was a little like eh, about is the bipolar disorder because I know that's hard to diagnose in teens. It is, but I think. <clears throat> I think, unfortunately, like, if the symptoms are really glaringly obvious Mm -hmm. that they do, because, like, I don't want to go too much into it, but, like, I have a family member that was pretty much very early on diagnosed, and Mm -hmm. they're absolutely correct. Like, Mm. their symptoms, like, they showed all of the symptoms so glaringly obvious starting mm-hmm. at a really early age yeah. i think they were like formally diagnosed at like 13 14 oh wow yeah, yeah. so i've only been known people who have been diagnosed like later in life yeah. so like you know mm-hmm. um so two years after being in group homes the knafel family joined a summer picnic that sabrina's group home was having and this is where they met their future foster daughter before we get into sabrina meeting her new foster family for the first time i kind of want to talk about the knafels first okay and a little bit about lisa before she married kevin knafel mm-hmm. so lisa was actually married before she met kevin and had a child from her first marriage named Meg. Megan. So Lisa and her first husband divorced when Megan was only about two. And Megan um, 
so there was two documentaries I watched. There was one that was, I think it was called, let me find my source real quick. It was like Snapped Behind Bars. It was a second oh, episode. Oh, I love Snapped. Snapped oh. Behind Bars, season one, episode one. That was about Sabrina, Z- Sabrina Zunich. Okay. And then the Sex and Murder Family Love Triangle. So Sex and Murder, and then you asked me like if I was yeah. watching that. That actually, um, Lisa's daughter, Megan, okay. was a lot, was a very important part okay. of that. So the one, the Snap Behind Bars yeah. was mainly Sabrina talking. Yeah. The Sex and Murder was Megan talking. So I watched both of them to get kind of like opposite perspectives. Yes. But I'm glad that you're putting in both because- I have a feeling that from what we're what you're saying mm-hmm. may be the setup of what this situation is that although it sounds like probably Sabrina is going to do something really fucked mm-hmm. up she clearly sounds like she was probably a victim here too yes <clears throat> exactly so um but so when after lisa and her first husband divorced um megan said that it, i think they divorced when she was about uh, one or two like i said uh, but she said that she would spend weekends with her dad like it wasn't it wasn't like a bad they mm-hmm. had they co-parented well yeah so when Meg, megan was about five lisa met kevin kniefel the two got married and had a child of their own named Haley. um and this this daughter mm-hmm. was born i want to say maybe a year before they they w- uh, welcomed sabrina into their home so wow. she like it was they were together for a hot minute and then and they got Sabrina in, oh, I think it's like 2010-ish, 2011. Okay. So Haley was born probably t- 2007, yeah. 2008. Kevin worked as a, a truck a truck driver for a food service company. And Lisa was a social worker at the Children and Family Services in um, Lake County, Ohio, mm-hmm. which is where they live. Well, she sounds like a lovely person. Yes. And um, she specifically worked in the sexual abuse unit and loved wow. working with the teenagers. And so sh- this is a very kind-hearted yes, person. And there was someone in one of the documentaries who yeah. was saying that, like, certain and we know this is working in the, in the social services like there are mm-hmm. certain people who are just drawn to work with certain folks like yes there are certain people like my girlfriend works with disabilities folks or disabled mm-hmm. folks and she is very drawn to that like i'm personally very drawn to young mothers who are dv victims like mm-hmm. it's, uh, like you know what I mean? yeah. like people like my age absolutely like, and like it makes sense and especially like i worked with a police officer that was there was she's was the only officer that I ever wanted to meet with any yes. of my clients because she was very very victim centric and would really listen to them about what it was that they wanted. Mm-hmm. She however after like a year of me working with her she told me that she was going to be moving to a unit that would only be specializing in sexual violence or like abuse cases with children and I asked her straight up like how do you handle doing that mm-hmm. because me personally I can't handle mm-hmm having a child tell me mm-hmm. that someone did something horrible to them. Mm-hmm. And she had said that actually she found it easier than talking to adults mm-hmm. because kids are much more resilient about yes, it. definitely. And that for them, with proper help, they can bounce back a lot better yep. than an adult could. Agreed. And I found that very interesting. I still could not work with children yeah. in that way because it still upsets me too much. But I, it was kind of eye-opening to mm. me to understand as to how a person could yeah, be. Yeah, definitely. And she's the perfect person for that role. Yeah, but. yeah side note, um, if you hear landscaping, I think our landlord is having our landscapers. And if you hear boxes moving, our cats are playing in our boxes. Yeah. So. Well, well, I'm glad he's landscaping since we have a broken washer that he never told us about. For two weeks. Anyway. Two weeks, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it was in 2011 that they decided they wanted to expand their family, but not biologically. They wanted to, they decided to foster a child or a teen mm-hmm. and... Um, Lisa had actually done this before. So she was like, let's do it again. I'm not sure if she had done it with Kevin before, but in the documentary it said that she had been a foster parent before. She probably was an excellent foster parent. So now this brings us back to the Knafels meeting Sabrina. They met her for the first time at that picnic at the group home that I mentioned. They hit it off, and Megan says she remembers thinking that Sabrina could be a great older sister figure to her, because she was the oldest of two. Once the Knafels got approved to foster Sabrina, she moved into their home. This was about two months after their first meeting and when Sabrina was 16. So she had been in the group homes about two years. Mm -hmm. So she was getting towards the end of the foster care system, and she was probably one of the kids who, like, you know, teenagers in the foster care system are very... 
under adopted, under fostered. Oh, absolutely. We don't want to deal with adult, like almost adults. You yes, because I mean? it's harder because they've gone through so much more as well as I think a lot of people who like when it comes to like fostering or even adoption, people want babies. Exactly. People want. They want something they can mold yeah. to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked yeah up. that's yeah. neither here nor there but yeah. there is a disparity <laughs> and i'm glad that mm-hmm. lisa was the type of person that mm-hmm. wanted to specifically help Definitely. older children so at first sabrina was thrilled with how the home was she said she said she felt as if lisa and kevin were loving and caring and really connected with their two children sabrina's grades improved and she began making more friends um she said she was cool with lisa at first but always felt more connected to kevin mm-hmm. so let's remember this because it gets a little skeevy later on. So let's that keep that in the brain out. <laughs> so Sabrina spent almost two years with the Knafels and in this time turned 18. Now, once someone in the foster care system turns 18, they're usually told to leave the, the foster home unless the parents, the foster parents are still okay with them staying. <laughs> this is a little different if the kids are still in school because they can petition to have themselves stay in the home. Like if yeah. you're like my, me, pure example, I wasn't 18 until the summer after I graduated high school. Or, or no, okay. let me phrase. I had friends who turned 18 like right right like the year they started like the yeah. like the beginning of senior year absolutely you know what i mean and so like they could petition like why would you want to make a kid homeless while in they're still in year? high school exactly yeah so sabrina did just this she petitioned to have her stay she petitioned petitioned she petitioned to have um herself stay in the knafel's home in october of 2012 just a few weeks before something major would happen in the knafel home so let's talk about why i'm even talking about this family so we're going to go to November 16th, 2012, around 1.15 a.m., when Willoughby Hills Police, which is Willoughby, Willoughby Hills is where the Knafels lived, okay. got a call from a 13-year-old girl who was hysterical. She was mm-hmm. screaming, she was crying, and she was saying her sister was stabbing her mom with a knife. Oh. So, so yep, she saw it? This is Megan, Lisa's oh. daughter, calling and saying that Sabrina was stabbing her mom just three weeks after Sabrina had turned 18. So 911 dispatched oh, no. every unit they had due to the severity of what they heard over the phone. So please get to the Knafel's house and find 13-year-old Megan running outside with the family dog, screaming for them to help her. They At first, they thought that was Sabrina, so they drew their weapons at yeah. Megan. Because they were oh, like, oh, no. my God. And they were like, she's like, no, 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 it's not me, not me. And, like, ran, and she was like, yeah. go in there, go in there. So they, they go into the home, and they, the officers shout for Sabrina to come out. And she the way the way that they phrased it, she stepped out was like as if you're walking in our hallway, and she like okay. sidesteps in the hallway, like it's not like oh, it that's like, just like a very sidestep with her hands up with a knife in her hand. Alrighty. So then. she sidesteps out of Lisa's bedroom, soaked in blood and holding a bread knife, dripping in blood. Jeez. So in the episode of Snap Behind Bars, Sabrina says she doesn't remember getting arrested. She says she was quote in and out of it as she was getting arrested and was majorly dissociating. So once they arrest Sabrina, they walk into what one officer said was the worst crime scene he had ever seen in his career. So content warning. Um, on the floor was 41-year-old Lisa covered in blood, stab wounds, and slash marks. They tried to help her, but at this point, Lisa is way too mm-hmm. injured and she unfortunately passes away. This next part is going to be, it's going to get you. So while looking around the scene, they also hear a child crying. Aww. They open the closet in the bedroom to find three-year-old Haley Knafel in the closet crying and hiding. Oh my God. So she saw it all too? We don't know if she saw it, but, but she, she was, was in, there. she heard it. She definitely heard it. Oh, that's awful. Yep. So once Sabrina was in cuffs, they realized some of the blood on her wasn't just Lisa's. It was also hers. Yeah. Cause you're stabbing with mm-hmm. a bread knife. It's going so, to, yeah. Yeah. You're going to cut your hands yourself. So this was due to Lisa fighting back. Um, Sabrina had sustained some wounds while Lisa was fighting. And Sabrina said at one point in time, Lisa was on top of her and had the knife in her hand. Uh, well which i'm not really sure how it got I, switched around again like how it like went from sabrina yeah. hurting lisa to lisa having the knife to sabrina getting it again i but that's neither here nor there yeah i'm know? not gonna question exactly i'm not gonna go too much into the physics of that because i'm not a fucking physicist exactly. but yeah. 
I can understand how she'd probably have a lot of injuries oh, yeah, definitely. herself. Yeah. yeah. So while the hospital police tried to interview Sabrina to figure out why she'd do something so horrific to a woman, a woman who just welcomed her into her family's home and treated mm-hmm. her like her own daughter. Sabrina wasn't able to be interviewed, though, as she just kept on crying. So she like kind of was un- inconsolable. So back at the Knafel home, police are still trying to figure out the scene in front of them. The only issue was the only witness they had was 13-year-old Megan. And they didn't know how reliable she would be as she had just witnessed her mother being stabbed to death. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't ask three-year-old Haley as she wouldn't be able to communicate what no. she saw. And Kevin Knafel was coincidentally not home when this murder happened. Of course he wasn't. So where was Kevin? He uh, conveniently worked overnight shifts as a truck driver. So he was in a different state at the time of his wife being murdered. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, like let's ask Megan what she saw. Like, And if it's too much, we'll just stop, whatever. So what she describes next is something no child should ever have to see happen. She said she woke up and heard the fit because the apparently the Knafel home was like two levels. So her bedroom <laughs> was on the top floor. I think her and her sister's bedroom were on the top floor and then Lisa's and Kevin's was on the bottom. OK, so she's upstairs. She wakes up and hears a family dog barking and a bunch of screaming coming from downstairs. So she mm. obviously runs downstairs. She finds um, when she comes down the stairs, she goes into her mom's room and finds Sabrina on top of Lisa repeatedly stabbing her. Megan Jeez. ends up running into the room and trying to pull Sabrina off Lisa. But Sabrina ends up pushing Megan away. This is when Megan runs into the next room and grabs the phone to dial 911 and the rest I've kind of already mentioned. This is all horrible, but I'm very glad that in this moment, Megan wasn't attacked as well. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yep. Um, So after hearing all this from Megan, police decide to call Kevin and inform inform him of his wife's murder. Because this all happened pretty quick. And I'm sure he was so unconsolable and like shocked and had so much upset let's talk about that so the police didn't expect his reaction so Mm -hmm. when he arrived at the crime scene he was more curious than grief-stricken or upset and the next day um, i love dumb criminals right the (laughs) next day people were coming coming to give like support to the family bring their casseroles whatever fucking yeah whatever people do do. yeah like the funeral casseroles whatever kevin was shaking their hands and greeting them unfazed by his wife being killed in such a horrific way what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you think like you would at least pretend to be like, oh no, my wife, the you love know of my life. <laughs> no, I'm more fine with dumb criminals because then yeah. at least you can just straight up be like, yeah, that fucker did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So clearly, poli- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so police are still working to talk to Sabrina about the events of the night she killed her foster mom. They thought it was a little weird that Kevin was out of the home the night of the murder and that Sabrina had no issues with Lisa to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. However, they eventually uncover something that makes the entire situation make sense. Yeah. Content warning. They find out that from Sabrina that she was in a relationship with Kevin. So, yep, her foster this father. This was not a relationship. This was a She was being groomed and molested. So, so uh, cool. her foster father had not only been pursuing her romantically, but also sexually. Of course. So, Sabrina told the story of how he did this. She said that they began, or he began pursuing her about 10 months after she moved into the home. Mind you, she moved in when she was 16. He was at the time of the murder. She, he was probably forty when she when he came in, when she came into his home. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she said that she used to be want to be wanted to be a masseuse when she was younger, and so when Kevin found out, she he was like, "Oh, you can practice on me." He was a he truck. He can go fuck himself. So he was a that? truck driver, and he would often get cramps in his legs. So she began massaging his legs for him, and this quickly turned sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two began, well, he, they began, I, I, the way I'm phrasing it is like there, it was a consensual thing. And she, I recognize that like, it's, you can't consent on like, you can't consent to be with an adult under the age of 18. I recognize that. Like, I'm not, you yeah. know, my phrasing does not mean that I believe you can be 16 and dating a 40 year old. I'm not saying that. I just didn't know how to phrase it without having yeah. five sentences each time I was trying to talk about them. Understandable. You know what I mean? Unlike 
we'll talk about this later, especially with the next case that I'll be doing, mm. is like we very much feel differently on how others report this and the yes. way that our culture is obviously still very victim blaming but does not handle mm -hmm. these kinds of things and how to no. talk about it well yeah and and she even said it was a relationship herself like she's like we're well of course because she's yes. she was the victim yes. of this and exactly. nobody wants to think they are yeah so i think a big reason mm -hmm. this was able to happen was not only the fact that he was a manipulator a predator a piece of shit mm -hmm. but sabrina had begun, begun to feel some type of way about lisa so she said she felt as if lisa was giving the other two girls more attention than her and she felt began to feel shut out of the family which also makes sense to me, given her mental health diagnoses mm -hmm. and what she's experienced. Mm -hmm. There's, we've talked before that adoption trauma exists. Mm -hmm. She potentially will always, any child in this situation potentially could always feel that way. Mm -hmm. As well as like, she didn't get the love that she needed in her formative years. So there's always going to possibly be this level of jealousy, seeing mm -hmm. a mother give other kids exactly. what she always wanted. Exactly. Especially at a young age. Especially at a young age. And it, it's understandable for her to kind of feel that way because clearly there's a person who mm -hmm. is trying to lead her astray and mm -hmm. trying to basically who's trying to confuse the way an adult mm -hmm. should love her mm -hmm. definitely definitely so she um she said that she felt she couldn't talk to lisa the way she could talk to kevin and she identified him not only as her foster father but also as a good friend so she said she made kevin mm -hmm. kevin made her feel wanted and she didn't feel judged by him which it's a big way that groomers do their grooming is they yep. make you feel wanted. They make you feel like they are, they understand you and no one else does. Yep. And that they're a trusted person. Exactly. And that they are, that not only are you special, but they are special. Yep. <laughs> so as Lisa and Sabrina grew further and further apart, Sabrina and Kevin got closer. Sabrina's friend also mentioned how she saw the relationship between Kevin and Sabrina as more of a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship than father or daughter. So, with mm. police having this new information, they decided to arrest Kevin Knafel on a few charges, some of them being conspiracy to commit murder, as well as sexual battery due to Sabrina admitting the sexual relationship they had together. So, Kevin didn't admit to anything that Sabrina had mentioned, and his lawyers obviously encouraged him not, not to. to do so. Yeah. So, Sabrina wasn't giving, up, giving him up, though, and for six months denied any involvement of Kevin in Lisa's murder. So, she admitted the relationship. Yeah. But for six months, she refused to admit that he had helped her in any way, shape, or form. That's a yes. real big hold yes. to have on her. This changed, though, when she realized that if she didn't give some information on him helping her, she would suffer all the consequences and he would walk completely free. So this mm -hmm. is when Sabrina began opening up to police about what the plan that she and Kevin made. So Kevin, not soon after becoming involved with Sabrina, told Sabrina that he did not want to be in the marriage anymore and was only in it for the children. So There's such a thing as divorce. Yep. Just do so that. So when, when um, Sabrina asked him, why don't you just divorce Lisa? Mm -hmm. He said it wouldn't. He wouldn't. He didn't. He didn't want to because she will get full custody of their three-year-old, and he would have to pay child support. Boo-hoo. So this is when the plan of Le killing Lisa came up. So Sabrina said Kevin lured her into being okay with this plan by promising a life plan with her, such as getting a house with her, raising kids with her, helping her, and helping her get into modeling school. Mm. So he made it seem like if if is, I mean, he made it seem like he was her end all be all. Like that yes, was he's that the penultimate. Her Yes, and that that's the only future yes. that's possible. And especially with, given the fact that she doesn't have any other support systems, mm -hmm. that probably seems like the only future that well, could exist. And he also told Sabrina that if that he would kill himself if Lisa didn't die. Why did... This is the second case that I've mm -hmm. heard recently where people do this. Let them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Bye. Like, if they want to murder someone so bad that they would rather do it, that they would die if you don't get to murder someone... Okay. Yeah, and that's yeah, well, what, like it's like one of those things that like 
it's classic abuser behavior and Mm -hmm. like you said she feels like kevin was her one true support and he's like i'm gonna kill myself if she doesn't die then she can't handle Mm -hmm. that loss but i love that abusers do that because they i there's these situations and then when abusers are also like if you leave me i'll kill myself Mm -hmm. okay bye Uh, bye bye beach i'm like why is it my responsibility to keep you alive Mm So around this time is when Lisa felt like something was up with Kevin and Sabrina. Mm. Lisa wasn't the only person who thought something was weird between the two of them. One of Sabrina's friends also noticed the behavior, a different one from the one I mentioned earlier. Okay. And um, one of the th- one of them thought that Sabrina and Kevin were too close to each other and also noticed them making sexual comments and jokes towards one another. Oh, that makes me yep. so uncomfortable. So once Lisa felt something was off, she told Sabrina she wanted her out of the home on January 1st. Mm. So Lisa told this to Sabrina three weeks before the murder. So mm-hmm. I didn't see this in any sources, but I'm yeah. like my little detective brain is yeah. going. I think Sabrina probably told Kevin this, and that's why the plan was like, okay, okay, let's we got to speed it up. Yep. But and I can see that being a pressure to mm-hmm. her, and that that unfortunately reinforcing all of the grooming that he's doing mm-hmm. by saying like, oh, Lisa doesn't love you, Lisa doesn't mm-hmm. care about you. That's why Lisa's telling you to leave. Mm-hmm. I love you and I care about you. I'd let you be here. So clearly, Lisa is the problem. Exactly. So they were trying to figure out a way to kill Lisa, and Sabrina went to a friend and asked if she knew of any hitmen who would commit a murder for money. The friend reported that Sabrina said, quote, me and Kevin wanted to get re- want to get rid of Lisa. Why aren't so you calling the police? This didn't pan out because in reality, what 17-year-old knows a fucking hitman offhand? No one does. Um, exactly. But also, why aren't you concerned if someone asks this of Exactly. You? So after this didn't work, Kevin suggested stabbing Lisa. He planned the whole thing from the method of killing to picking out the knife Sabrina would use and how she would make the home seem like it was robbed and Lisa was killed during the robbery, which we know never fucking works. It's never going to fucking work. And also, like, why are you asking a teenager to do your dirty work, Mm -hmm. you fucking asshole? And two... Why do you think that this would ever work? Mm-hmm. Well, and Sabrina said in the documentary that she knows now that, like, this plan wasn't so her and him could be together. It was just so he could live a life without Lisa. Yeah. And we'll talk about more motives. Like, and that he used her. Bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I can't imagine someone trying to tell me, oh, yeah, go in and, like, up close, stab, murder, like, horrifically murder someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yep. so much. And they also obviously planned for him to be out of town when this event happened. Yeah, so he because be he would... Yep. Yeah, he'd so be in the clear. Let's get back to the night of the murder. Mm-hmm. So Sabrina said when she had the knife in her hand and went into Lisa's room, she was having like a mental like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. Whatever. She offic- uh, she decided to officially do it when Lisa woke up and saw Sabrina holding the knife. Mm-hmm. So that's when the murder happened. Yeah. So now I'm going to talk about Kevin's trial and I want to talk about the things that were discussed during the trial. So Kevin's trial happened first. It okay. happened on May 29th, 2014. So about two, was I think about two years after the murder Which, happened. Normal timeline. Yeah. yeah. Especially considering it took six months for Sabrina to mm-hmm. admit that he was a part of it. Yeah. So the prosecution did end up making a deal with Sabrina in exchange for her testimony against Kevin. And she ended up being the star witness during the trial. Which yeah. is interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of the times she could be seen as an unreliable witness. Yes. Because she's the one who committed the fucking murder. Exactly. And then any attorney would probably try to argue that she's just trying to get herself out of trouble. Exactly. So the deal was made that she would testify and in exchange get a deal of only 30 years to life with a possibility of parole. Okay. This was so the death penalty would, be, penalty would be off the table and she would still have a possibility of parole. Okay. So during this trial, the prosecution talked about the relationship between Sabrina and Kevin, as well as how he helped her form the plan to kill Lisa. Fuck. Mm-hmm. The defense, on the other hand, said Sabrina's story was all fiction and that she came up with the story to cover her tracks and instead she committed the murder due to her mental health diagnoses and the trauma she gained during her upbringing. They said she felt threatened by Lisa and wanted Kevin all to herself, so that's why she committed the murder. Which, 
Uh, yeah, this I isn't see. the movie The Orphan. Like, just chill, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the prosecution also brought something up that Sabrina would also talk about during her testimony. Lisa's life insurance. Mm. So the prosecution said if Lisa had, if Kevin had just divorced Lisa, he would have to pay child support and share custody. But if Lisa had been killed or murdered, he wouldn't have to deal with that, quote, deal with that. And instead, he would get the payout from the insurance. Sabrina testified that at one point, Kevin showed her two life insurance policies that were in Lisa's name, one for $250,000 and one for $550,000. She said that once he showed her these... Yep, so almost a million dollars. Yeah. Once he showed her these, he told her that Lisa was, quote, worth more dead than alive. So not only did Sabrina mm-hmm. feel like Kevin could actually give her a fairly terrible life with this insurance money, but she also felt incredibly pressured by the suicide threat he made before. And when mm-hmm. prosecution asked why she killed Lisa, she said, quote, I was doing what I was told to do, which yeah. I've heard that before. She was a kid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So a lot of the things the defense brought up uh, during the trial was simply them denying Kevin's involvement with the murder. They said he didn't have a relationship with Sabrina, didn't tell her he would kill himself if Lisa didn't die. And they also brought up the conversation about the hitman that Sabrina had Mm -hmm. with her friend. With this conversation, they said Kevin wasn't a part of the conversation and that during the conversation Sabrina had, she didn't mention to her friend that her and Kevin were involved in a sexual relationship. Okay, but why would she feel safe enough to disclose when the adult is telling her she's not allowed to exactly that that was my first fucking thought they also denied the claim that the prosecution was making that kevin was texting sabrina a lot like the night of the murders in like a play-by-play like what's happening type of way with all of this uh the defense summed up their argument saying there wasn't concrete evidence against kevin so he should be found innocent so that's kind of like thank you yeah exactly and i get it like they're not doing a bad job they're doing their best with what they're working with and in reality there wasn't concrete evidence there was no no text messages that were proven there was no you know concrete video concrete phone calls like there was Mm -hmm. a lot of communication but think about it's a foster father you know what i mean like it would make sense they're in a good communication he could try to argue Mm -hmm. that he didn't know of the plan but that she texted him in a mental health crisis and that he was trying to do the right thing and help her exactly so there's no concrete evidence it was just sabrina's testimony so understandable i also want to talk about what the forensic pathologist dr joseph phalo talked about during the trial okay so i'm going to write another content warning because this is kind of very graphic so he testified that there were 12 stab wounds and around 166 cut slash uh, slash wounds on Lisa's body. She was mainly stabbed and cut on her torso and head. And he testified that she was stabbed and blinded in her one eye. So her one eye was completely just not there. He also said that a lot of the wounds looked as if the knife was twisted while in her or she was trying to twist to get away from the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said that she had a lot of defensive wounds and the ones on her hands were some of the worst ones. She said that he said that her left pinky and her right thumb were completely almost severed uh, because she, he was like, it's a biological response to grab whatever's hurting you yeah. to try to get it away. So yeah. she, was so she was grabbing just, at the knife. Yep. Oh, yep. He also said there were two major lethal, like lethal wounds that she sustained, including a stab to the carotid artery, which if it was just that alone, you could bleed out in mm-hmm. seconds. And then another in the lower part of her abdomen, hitting her liver and her spleen, which if we know from Grey's Anatomy, a spleen injury is very fatal. <laughs> Thanks, Grace. Um, exactly. He also testified about the knife that was used because he like examined it. Mm-hmm. So after examining it, he said that the knife was bent. Meaning oh. the attack was so brutal that it either was it was so brutal and so forceful that it either had hit bone and bent or just the amount of time she was, she was stabbed. stabbed. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So after all the testimony, the jury went into deliberation. It took them two days to come back with a verdict. Only two, which was impressive. Yeah. Because like a lot of times it's a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they came back and declared that Kevin Knafel was guilty on all counts. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. He was then sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole, which was shitty, which would be after 42 years in jail. Good. Which is his entire life because he was 42 when Lisa was murdered. Good. After mm-hmm. Kevin's trial, Sabrina went into court. So she didn't have a trial because, like I said, she, yes, made, she that made an agreement. Deal. Mm-hmm. So she pled guilty to murder 
and was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole, which would she which she would be eligible for after 30 years. Okay. So it's weird though because in the documentary, mm-hmm. it said that she would be eligible for parole in 2042, so about 20 years from now. Okay. But also that Kevin will be eligible for parole the year after her, so 2043, which was weird because mm. that math didn't make sense to me. No. But that's what the documentary said. Okay. So. Yes, so yeah. that's that's kind of all, pretty much all the information I have because I had it, a lot of I got yeah. the information I got was from the documentaries and mm-hmm. she now like Lisa uh, not Lisa sorry um Sabrina Sabrina now is still in jail she's in the Ohio, in a Ohio correctional facility okay she is you know she regrets what she did and she recognizes now that like it was a grooming relationship like she yeah. was groomed she was you mm-hmm. know she was she was abused by this person mm-hmm. who saw a vulnerable kid in a really vulnerable place mm-hmm. manipulated her romantically and sexually yep a child that had never really known love pretended Mm -hmm. to love for his ultimate end goal Mm -hmm. which was to take out clearly a really good loving person who was doing so much good in this world because he's a shit stain Mm -hmm. that is so sad that's like i think one of the saddest stories i could ever think of yeah yeah so it was it was pretty rough because i at first when i had first heard of it i think it was either in a people magazine or like (laughs) like on tiktok it was like oh like this 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 foster daughter killed her foster mother and i was like oh my god what the fuck yeah and then you look into it and then it was like oh like she was also a victim here and like you know there's one thing to be said like we've said before you know like uh, no one could make me kill somebody no but also, I'm saying that as someone who came from a home with two loving parents, mm-hmm. who was not in the foster care system and yeah. does not have nearly as many mental health diagnoses that Sabrina had. Yes. And also, so, she was a child mm-hmm. when this person started mentally. And, I, and I've been groomed before. Yeah. And it was it, it yeah. was only by someone who was six. It was, I mean, only, but six yeah. years older than me. But, like, I was, like, 17 when it happened. But... But you didn't live in the same home I as didn't them. live in the same home. And also, I was, you know, I had... Wasn't in the same home, but I was also, mm-hmm. you know... It wasn't this person wasn't married, but I also know yeah. the the length that I went to protect mm-hmm. that relationship. Like yeah. I was okay with being hidden. I was okay with you know them still talking to you know their ex fiance about stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, I understand. <laughs> like I took so much shit from this person because I was like, this person knows me better than anybody else, yeah. and that's my experience. And I was yeah. I was seventeen, and this person was you know broke up with their fiance once they met me mm-hmm. so like it was one of those things that like it wasn't even like it, they were married yeah i didn't live with them at all you know what i mean yeah. so like i can't I imagine it. the amount of like mental torment mm-hmm. and like twisting that this person did to her mm-hmm. and like again i don't condone i'm mm-hmm. i think that she still deserves to be where she is mm-hmm. and should be where she is however i do think she's also a person who needs a lot of mental health help yes and i think it's one of those things that like this is like we tell this story and you know we don't want to be like oh like she was a perfect person she wasn't but also at the same time like you know she went through hell like she went through hell Mm -hmm. in her childhood she you know went to this loving family and then had this piece of shit manipulate Mm -hmm. her to a point where she was like i have to do this perfect victim for that and that's i think also what is more important to know is like this never would have happened without the existence of someone Mm -hmm. doing this to her and manipulating her in this way like she had a lot going on inside of her that she needed help for anyways Mm -hmm. but this person and like what i think once we start talking because we've got a few cases coming Mm -hmm. up in the works about grooming and things Mm -hmm. like that about like the lengths that these predators go to to find mm-hmm. the perfect victims and that they know who is worth who to prey on mm-hmm. it like you said you're not sure if lisa had been a foster parent with kevin before mm-hmm. or without but it there was a good possibility that they had maybe kevin mm-hmm. did not harm that person mm-hmm. because he 
knew that they weren't the perfect victim for mm-hmm. this. Exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's just a shit situation. It's it a is. shit. You know, I feel bad for Sabrina. I feel Sad. very bad for, for Megan, for the, the daughter who witnessed everything. Like now she has to grow up without her mom. Like it's just mm-hmm. one of those like it just so so fucked so up and kevin is just such a piece of shit and like i hate the fact that, that was like you know that was mm-hmm. megan's stepdad she was she was you know they were married for lisa and and kevin were married for like six or seven years before she got killed mm-hmm. so like, it's just like one of those things that's just so fucking shitty like and i just feel so bad it's for tragic Haley all and around you, yeah you and know. sabrina like admitted that she you knows she's like i'm not saying i didn't do anything wrong she was but i also do recognize that you know i did something wrong but i also recognize that i was a victim in this as well so she yeah. recognizes that and hopefully you know where she is hopefully mm-hmm. she's getting help you know hopefully she can you know get parole hopefully she can she can you know, be a normal person one day yeah. and maybe she can figure out a way mm-hmm. to help others in her same situation mm-hmm. and hopefully maybe prevent something like this from mm-hmm. happening again exactly so that's yeah. the case of, of uh, lisa knafel and sabrina zunich so mm-hmm. um if you want to listen to our other grooming cases we have coming up <laughs> you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk you can like us on facebook share a page send us a message at figures in the dark you can send us an email um with our, your case suggestions spooky stories mental health check-ins or pictures of your cats at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms including spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music and google podcast so with that we thank you guys for listening and as always beware of the figures in the dark all right bye, bye.